Many years ago, there was a speaker speaking to a group of men, and uh, he was talking about missed opportunities in life. And at the end of the talk, a man came up to the speaker and he said to him, he said, I'm sorry you came. And when puzzlement and kind of feeling of offense was written on the face of the speaker, the, the man continued. He said, the truth is, you have reminded me afresh of missing God's best in my life. And then he continued. He said, many years ago, I felt a deep conviction and a deep call of God to missions. But then I said, I'm going to earn enough money so I can support myself. And I began to earn money, and I started making money. And then I kept making money. And he said, I got so busy making money. Now, he said, I have all the money I need for two lifetimes. But emptiness and void are my companions. Well, I think if that speaker was on his feet or can think fast enough, should have said to the man that you can do with the blessings that God has given you more than what you would have accomplished by yourself. Because it's never too late with God's economy. But back then I was young and green. Because I can tell you as I traveled the globe and as I talked to so many people, this man is not alone. There are so many individuals who live in regret about what they could have accomplished, what could have happened, had they been obedient, had they done this or had they done that. And so those who miss out on the opportunities that God gives them or the open doors that God opened for them, they continue to live their lives in regret. Whether they did not go through that door or can't take that opportunity because of fear or timidity or lack of faith or because of apathy or whatever it may be, there is always the feeling of regret. But I am here to declare to you today that in the economy of God, it is never too late. I want to repeat that. In the economy of God, it is never too late. You see, God is in the redeeming business. God is in the restoration business. God is in the forgiveness business. God is not in the regretting business. God is not in the moping and sulking business. God is not in it is too late for me business. No, it is never what? Whatever opportunities you feel that you may have missed, whatever open doors that you feel that you did not go through when you heard the Spirit of God to tell you to walk through, whatever situation that beckoned you in the past and you did not respond, it is never Now, to be sure, of course, not the same opportunity in the same time, in the same place. They may never repeat themselves. But in the economy of God, you can be just as effective today. You can be just as useful for the kingdom of God today. If you're ready to pick up the pieces and move on, sitting down in regret, sitting down sulking and moping about what could have been, is not the purpose of God for your life. But it is the purpose of God for your life to say, Lord Jesus, it is never... Today we're going to look at the message of the resurrected Jesus Christ to the believers in the city 
of Philadelphia. And what a delightful message it is. <laughs> it's probably the most delightful message of all the seven. At least for me, it was a delight to prepare. There are some messages are absolutely weigh me down, so heavy. And especially when there is a rebuke about a sin and I begin to examine my own life in order to cleanse myself before I can stand before you. And I read this message to the city of Philadelphia. But by the way, that's not, those of you watching from Philadelphia, it's not for you. That's the church in Asia Minor. <laughs> because you read this message of Jesus, there is no sin to rebuke. There is no compromise to point them to. There is no false teacher to warn them about. There is no false teaching to try to ask them to purge themselves off. In fact, if there is one church of all the seven churches in Asia Minor that we've been looking at from the book of Revelation that I would like to be part of as the church of Philadelphia. But then I would ruin it. <laughs> it's like the couple who went to the pastor and said, Pastor... We are moving because we found the perfect church. And the pastor said, please don't join it. You'll ruin it. (laughs) Now, I want to tell you something. There is no such thing as a perfect church. As long as the church is made up of people, there is no such thing as a perfect church. There is such a thing as a faithful church, a church that is faithful to the Scripture, faithful to the truth, faithful to the gospel, and there is an unfaithful church. That's the only difference that you can find. But there is no such thing as a perfect church. I want you to please turn to Revelation 3, beginning at verse 7. It is Revelation chapter 3, beginning at verse 7. To the angel... Of the church in Philadelphia, write, These are the words of him who is holy and true, who holds the key of David. What he opens, no one can shut. And what he shuts, no one can open. I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength. And yet, you have kept my word, and you have not denied my name. I will make those who are of the synagogue of Satan, who claim to be Jews, though they are not but liars, I will make them come and fall down at your feet, and acknowledge that I have loved you. Since you have kept my command to endure patiently, I will also keep you from the hour of trial that is coming upon the whole world to test those who live on the earth. I'm coming soon. Hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Him who overcomes, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Never again will I leave it. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem which is coming down from heaven, from my God. And I will also write on him my new name. He who has ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Father, what a privilege and an honor for us to hear your words directly, Lord Jesus, spoken to us. And what a privilege and what an honor to know that we are about your Father's business, Lord Jesus. I pray 
that what our outward ear hears, our inner will determines to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Philadelphia was the crossroad of the entire world at that time. In fact, it was called the gateway to the east. It was a city of many temples. It was founded soon after 189 BC by King Atalus. King Atalus succeeded his older brother, King Emenus of Pergamum. But out of deep love for his older brother, he took the city of Philadelphia and named it Philadelphos, meaning brotherly love. And it stood as a monument to two brothers who genuinely loved each other. But here is something of vital importance. I don't want you to miss it. I don't want you to miss it. Something of vital importance here. Because Philadelphia's strategic place, geographically, because it was called the gateway to the east, because of that, the Greeks saw that church as springboard for them to propagate the Greek culture, to propagate the Greek philosophy, to propagate the Greek language to the rest of the world, whom they viewed as barbarians. They were stuck up on themselves, and they thought they're the ones who have high culture and great language, and the rest of the world were all called barbarians by the Greeks. We saw in the last message, and in all the other messages, that in every message that Jesus speaks to the church, whatever the church may be, whatever city they're in, he would take one of the characteristics of that city, and he either applies it to the believers, or he warns the believers from living within that culture, and molding their lives on that culture, and not standing up against that culture, depending on what the characteristic is. Some are negative, some are positive. It happened to be a positive characteristic here in the Church of Philadelphia. And so the Lord Jesus Christ, in a sense, is saying to them this. You, the believers in the city of Philadelphia, you live in a city that is known for being the springboard to propagate Greek culture and Greek philosophy and Greek language. You live in a city that is the gateway for preaching of Greek philosophical thought. You live in a city that is known for being a missionary sending city of Greek thought to the rest of the world. Now, I have for you a greater vision than the Greek language and the Greek culture and the Greek philosophy. Now, I have for you a far more serious message than that to spread abroad. Now, I have far greater, more tangible mission for you to accomplish than that of a Greek culture. Now, I am placing before you a message of life and death, eternal life, eternal death, for you to take to the rest of the world. That is the message of the resurrected Christ to the believers in Philadelphia. What is it? Christ, open door of opportunity, is the very key of this entire message that Jesus is giving to the church there. 
If there is one foundational verse in those few verses, from verse 7 to 13 of Revelation 3, it is verse 8. Behold, as, or as in some translation says, you see, I have before you an open door. I've set before you an open door. Now, beloved, I want to tell you something. God always provides opportunities for all of us to share our faith with others. God always opens doors that no one can shut. God always provides us with people who have open hearts and open minds to hear the good news. But here's the question. That's the question that I want you to ask yourself. Do we have the eyes to see it? Do we have the spiritual sensitivity to perceive it? Do we have the courage to seize it, the opportunity that God has given us? Are you willing to walk through the open door that God has placed before you, and you, and you, and you, and me? That's the question. The believers in Philadelphia, oh, they had so many obstacles. They had so many difficulties. They had so many handicaps. They had so many weaknesses. Even the Lord Jesus Christ said to them, He said, I know you have little strength. And if there are a group of people on the face of the earth would have every excuse to say, Lord, we can't do that. It's too much. Those folks would have had an excuse. But they would not miss out on God's opportunity. They would not ignore God's open door. They would not trample upon. They would not squander the rare opportunities that Jesus is giving them to take the message of the cross to the rest of the world. But there is a fact of history that we know God's open doors don't stay open forever. They don't stay open forever. And that is why Jesus is saying, because of your faithfulness to me, because of your loyalty to my word, and because you have not denied my name, and because you have been persevering under pressure, because of all that, I'm going to give you a unique opportunity to make me known to the rest of the world and do great things for God. I just wondered as I... Spend time meditating, thinking. The whole week I said, I wonder how many of us, honestly, in truth, when you're all alone with God, I wonder how many of us really understand the privilege, the honor of bringing someone to Christ. The privilege and the honor of being instrument to take someone's eternal destiny from hell and torment to heaven and glory. What a privilege. But let me tell you again with certainty that these doors will not be open forever. And so the question, my beloved friend, is this. The question you need to ask yourself is this. I pray to God that you wouldn't rest until you answer that question to yourself. What involvement do I have in these open doors? What part am I playing to take advantage of the opportunity in the open door that Jesus has opened? But the second question is this. Why are these doors open? When people used to ask me that, I always say, I haven't got the foggiest. <laughs> and I really mean this. And I did a study of this particular message of Jesus. And I realized that it is because of the sovereignty of God. I cannot explain it any other way. 
And you see it right here in Revelation 7. Because Jesus has the key. Because Jesus has the key that opens, and then when he shuts, nobody can open. What does that mean? It means that Jesus has authority over the minds and the hearts of kings and paupers alike. It means that Jesus has authority over every heart of every human being on the face of the earth. It means that Jesus and only Jesus has the authority to open that door. And then when the day comes, Jesus and only Jesus will have the authority to shut that door and nobody will be able to open it. But I don't want you to miss what Jesus said about the blessings for those who walk through that open door. The blessings that are uniquely designed for those who take advantage of the opportunities that God places before them. In verse 9, in fact, there are several. Verse 9, I don't want you to miss this thing and you say, what's the synagogue of Satan? What's the Jews and the Jews? I, I, want to, I want to explain that to you. You say, well, what does that mean? about those unfaithful Jews will come to you and they bow and so forth. It means this. Listen to me very carefully. If you're obedient to the voice of God and you walk through the open door, your enemies will respond and they will turn away from their wickedness and they will repent and become believers. That's what it means. And let me tell you something. In any law of spiritual warfare... It is only those who are on the offensive, on the offense, will have the victory. And I tell you something. I want you to listen to me. I have met too many Christians who are sitting there saying, Oh, I'm under attack. I'm under attack. Satan is attacking me. Satan is attacking my business. Satan is attacking my family. Listen to me today. I want you to listen very carefully. You do not sit back and say, Satan is attacking me. No. You go into Satan's territories, and you say to him, Satan, in the name of Jesus, and by the power of his blood, and in the strength of Jesus, I'm going to invade your territories. I'm going to rescue the perishing. I'm going to heal the wounded. I'm going to bind the brokenhearted. I'm going to set the captive free in Jesus' name. I can tell you one thing, as long as God gives me breath, and I'm alive, I'm committed, come what may, to sharing the gospel of the love of Christ with the enemies of the cross, wherever they may be. And we have seen with our own eyes, I've seen it too many times to doubt it, we've seen former terrorists, we've seen former people haters. We've seen angry young men and all become gentle, caring, and loving followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. How? Because they heard the gospel message and they responded to it and it changed their lives and they turned from enemies to being lovers of the Lord Jesus Christ and his followers. I've seen it too many times to doubt it. You see, so many of us have been sitting under gospel preaching and teaching for so long that we have become lukewarm, we've become dried up, and we're no longer moved by the power of the gospel that's changing lives in this city and around the world. 
those of you who have walked through the open doors that Jesus set before you, you might not see it in your lifetime, but I can promise you in the name of Jesus and the authority of God's Word that when you walk the streets of gold, when you walk in the streets of heaven, there are people going to come up to you and they're going to thank you. They will say, thank you for your obedience. Thank you for walking through the open door that God has placed before you. Thank you for sharing Christ with me. Because of you, I am here in heaven today. Then the second promise that Jesus gives those who walk through the open door. The second promise that is uniquely given to those who will seize the opportunities that God placed before them is protection, is protection. I don't want you to misunderstand me here. Many of us have been praying for the protection of this great country, and we not only should, but we will continue. Any parent or grandparent who prays for the protection of their children and grandchildren, you must keep on doing that. Don't stop. If you're praying for your own protection, keep praying. Don't stop. But I'm going to speak to you today, not my words, beloved, but on the authority of the words of Jesus. That if you walk through the open door, if you take the opportunities He's given you, the Bible said, Jesus said that I will protect you. You don't have to ask for it, but it's okay to ask for it. He will provide it for you. He will give it to you. Look at verse 10 of chapter 3 of the book of Revelation. Because you have kept my word, I will keep you. Because you proclaimed and protected my word from watering it down, from compromising it, from ignoring it, from walking all over it, you will be protected from the enemy. Not might, not maybe, but you will be protected. Because that is a conditional promise. Only for those who have lived in obedience to the open door and the door opener. But finally, the resurrected Christ, as always, promises several things to those who did not squander the opportunities. Those who did not trample upon the opportunities of sharing the gospel with those who desperately need it. First, he said, they'll become pillars in the temple of my God. What does that mean? You see, the, the, the concept of a pillar is a concept that denotes permanence. It's a concept that denotes stability and immovability. The concept of a pillar also expresses purpose and honor. In the pagan temples, which the believers in Philadelphia were surrounded by them, you see, they carved their pillars in their temples in honor of a particular deity. And Jesus is saying (laughs) to the faithful believers who obediently walk through the doors of opportunity that he will place before them. For those who would not squander those opportunities, he is saying to them, I am going to give you the place of eternal honor. What? But that's not all. 
Secondly, he said, that person will have the name of Jesus written all over them, which symbolizes a very special relationship with him. Not just a nodding an acquaintance, but a very special relationship with him. Thirdly, he said, that person will live in safety, security, and glory in the heavenly Jerusalem. Ultimately, Christ said that he will give that person a new name, and that is the representation of the fullness of who Jesus is. I'm going to share this true story with you, and then I'm going to conclude. There was a dear lady who dreamed for a very long time of taking a train ride through the English countryside. And when she got on the train, she took forever arranging and rearranging her baggages on the shelves above. And then she got so busy trying to get the shades just right, and she just couldn't get it. She could get it too much this way or too much the other way. And then she got in an argument with one of the passengers. And by the time she sat back to enjoy the ride, the station, her station was called out. And she had to get up and leave. Now, beloved, there are so many of us. Listen to me. I'm not here to put you under guilt. I'm here to challenge you. Because I want you to be blessed. And the blessings of God are always conditional. And it's, here it is. You see, we get so preoccupied with life's superficialities. We get so preoccupied with the fleeting and the temporal. We get so preoccupied with the unimportant and even get bogged down in silly arguments. We get preoccupied with self-centered causes until we finally, our train comes to the station. And then you look back and you keep living in regret. I am saying to you today, as I said earlier in this message, do not waste another minute in regret. Do not waste another minute in wishful thinking. Do not waste another moment on saying what could have been. No, no, no. Arise. Go to your Father. Ask Him to forgive you for missed opportunities of the past. Ask Him to show you new opportunities for the future. Ask Him to equip you for the task. Ask Him to equip you for the battle. And ultimately, ask Him to give you victory to invade Satan's territory. Because victory does not belong to apathy, but to courage and obedience. Thanks for listening to this message from Dr. Michael Youssef, recently featured on Leading the Way. If you'd like to know more about us, please visit ltw.org. That's ltw.org.